I'm Tabish Miley, and uh, I'll thank Mark Lamont Hill for that uh, conversation. Uh, cue that music up for me, Miles, um, from his dad, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I thank Mark Lamont Hill for that conversation. This story about Israel and, and Hamas and Israel and Palestine is so dynamic. Uh, I was just saying to Philippe uh, a moment ago, I, I thank them for their patience uh, to come in uh, studio today to have this conversation with that breaking news had to be addressed, and so we did. Uh, now, uh, this conversation with Philippe Cousteau, son of Jacques Cousteau. Give me my music, Miles. Give me my music. Give me my music. Yeah. So uh, many of you will let it ride for a second. Many of you will recognize that. Uh, so Philippe uh, Cousteau Jr. is the son of Jacques Cousteau. And he joins us now for a career conversation. And we'll certainly talk about environmental justice uh, and more expressly his mission to save our oceans. He's brought with him a special guest who I'll introduce a little bit later in this conversation. Uh, but I'm delighted to welcome Philippe Cousteau to this studio. Philippe, how are you today, sir? Davis, I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having us. We're really, really excited. No, it's my great delight to have you here. When you hear that music, I know what I think uh, as a fan of your father's work. When you hear it, what do you think? You know, and, and it was my grandfather, actually. Uh, you know, my, grandfather. I said grand, my, grandfather, yes. Because my father was Philippe Sr., so sure, exactly. that, that's easy to, to yeah, get confused. Yeah. You know, yeah. I... I um, Boy, you know, I grew up, but that was the soundtrack of my youth, yeah. you know, and, and it brings back amazing memories of spending time with my grandfather and hearing all of his stories about his extraordinary mm-hmm. adventures all over the world and how much it inspired me to do the work that I do now. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, you, when you look back on your grandfather's work, uh, and I'm glad you correct me, I, I meant grandfather, I said father. When you, meant, uh, when you look back on your grandfather's work, what, what, what do you make of the enduring legacy of what he accomplished? You know, when I think about my grandfather, I, I'm reminded, and I like to remind people that, mm-hmm. that a little context, you know, we as humans have been traveling the, the ocean, the surface of the ocean for millennia, but it's really only been since about 78 years mm-hmm. that my grandfather first set foot in the Marne River outside of Paris with this funky contraption on his back mm-hmm. that became scuba diving to test out this the ability for people to actually swim freely into the ocean. So prior to that work, all we knew really about the ocean was the trash we dumped into it and the seafood that we pulled out. No one had ever really explored the ocean, and it was something that my grandfather pioneered. And so when we think about that, basically one human lifetime that humanity has been exploring the ocean beneath the waves, it's not a very long time. Mm -hmm. And everything that we've learned in that period of time about both how critical the ocean is to to our life and just how much we have destroyed it mm-hmm. since you know the end of world war ii since we see this massive growth economically and you know and and um, from a population perspective on this planet uh and so i'm 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 oftentimes just reminded about how far we've come mm-hmm. how much we've learned but how much work we have to do to build balance for the system that is 71% of this planet and that makes life possible on Earth. People lose sight of that. Now, we call it uh, planet Earth, and it is, but it's 71% water. <laughs> and it's <laughs> exactly. worth reminding people of that sometimes. It is 71% water. Um, to, to, to your point uh, of a moment ago, let me just ask you a, a direct uh, question. H- how bad is it? How bad is it? How, how bad have we made it? Let me, let me put it that way. You know, uh, here's a, a couple jarring statistics uh in the past 40 years so in my lifetime we've lost half of the world's biodiversity Mm -hmm. the the amount or the diversity of living things on this planet and that matters not only because we like 
you know, ostensibly life in nature, but because we are part of a system that requires diversity on this planet. Think of bees being pollinating our plants and our crops and our food.、Mm-hmm. Uh, without healthy bee populations, which are crashing, by the way,、uh, our whole agricultural system is unsustainable. That feeds billions of people on this planet.、Mm-hmm. So that's just one example about how we rely on biodiversity. We think about、uh, half the world's coral reefs have gone. Ninety percent of the large fish species are gone. Um, we think about、uh, deforestation. We think about、uh, rising sea temperatures, because of course the big you know words that is on everyone's lips is climate change.、Mm-hmm. But climate change is an ocean problem because the ocean drives our climate. And so as the ocean changes,、um, it is changing because it's absorbing heat. It's warming up. It's expanding,、mm-hmm. and that is what's driving most of the climatic changes around the world. And when we talk about climate change, again, we're talking about food. We're talking about water. We're talking about uh, uh, storms. We're talking about things that are very real and affect people's lives every single day.、Yeah. I wonder of, of all the things、um, that we could and should be addressing under the the rubric of the damage we've done to the planet.、Uh, I wonder whether or not oceans、um, really don't rise. Pardon the pun. Don't <laughs> rise to the to the to the top of the agenda, in part because even though the planet is seventy one percent water. Oceans are out there. Yeah, absolutely. At、right. least when it comes to the heat, we we feel the heat. We we feel the extreme heat.、Um, when El Nino,、uh, El Nino is is acting up, we 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 can we can we can we can wrestle with that in real time. But I, I'm I'm wondering whether or not you think this actually rates for most Americans because again we think of the oceans as out there. It's not really on people's radar. Davis, you're you're absolutely right. It's、yeah. out of sight, out of mind, and、yeah. it's one of the big challenges that that we face is that we can't solve the climate and biodiversity crisis on this planet without restoring and protecting the ocean. Full stop.、Mm-hmm. And that is not just the average person in the world today, not just in the United States, but everywhere, but also even policymakers.、Mm-hmm. A lot of policymakers just don't appreciate that we can't solve this crisis. Without the、uh, restoring and protecting the ocean,、yep. and I say restoring because it's not just about sustainability. It's not just about protecting systems. The good news is we also have tools at our disposal to help renew the health of the ocean, and、um, and that's what our focus is at EarthEcho,、mm-hmm. the nonprofit I founded 17 years ago, which is a, a global youth ocean education and leadership organization.、Um, because we have to build a movement of people to do that, or else life on this planet、mm-hmm. will not be. <laughs> Anything that any of us want to experience. We'll talk about that global youth movement and meet、uh, a special young sister named Stephanie when we come forward. Let me just ask you right quick before before I, before I come forward.、Um, when you say restore, that 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 word seems strange <laughs>、um, to something so massive. Like, <laughs> how do you restore something that's already damaged? That's seventy one percent of the planet.、Mm-hmm. It's a great question. The good news is that the ocean and nature in general. Has an extraordinary capacity to renew and restore itself if we give it a chance. And、mm-hmm. so, what do I mean by that?、Uh, a few years ago, my wife and I went to the Marshall Islands to film a show for Discovery Channel,、uh, and that is the place where, in the 1950s and 60s, we conducted 23 nuclear bombs, devastating these atolls for miles around, above and below the surface.、Mm-hmm. But because of the radiation, it became essentially a, a no man's land, a de facto marine protected area, like a national park in the ocean. And after 60 years, we went back. The radiation has dissipated in the water.、Uh, still not safe to go on land. And the, the the corals were back. The sharks were back. Life was abundant. And so, after the worst fire and brimstone humanity could engineer, giving nature a break allowed it to rebound spectacularly. And so,、mm-hmm. the efforts globally to protect 30% of the ocean and all these things that are happening are really about tapping into that innate power of nature to renew itself.
Mm. Our guest is uh, Philippe Cousteau, Jr., grandson of Jacques Cousteau. We'll continue when we come forward. You're listening to Tavis Smile. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically black. Black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. We continue now with uh, Philippe Cousteau, Jr., um, son of Philippe Cousteau, Sr., mm-hmm. and grandson of Jacques Cousteau. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we got all that straight. Um, and we're talking uh, about um, his foundation uh, to build a global youth movement to save the oceans. And he's brought a special young lady with him named Stephanie Kenfalarin. I've been practicing that for three days, get that last that Nigerian last name right. So tell me about your foundation and, and the role that uh, and the work that Stephanie and others are doing inside of it. Uh, well, believe. you know, Tavis, we were talking about my grandfather earlier, and, and one of the things he always told me growing up is that we can't talk about conservation before we talk about education. Mm-hmm. And I believe that one of the big challenges we face as a conservation movement over the last 40 years is that we have underinvested in building a constituency of young people that can drive the kind of political and economic changes that we need to really tackle these problems. Mm -hmm. And so we founded Earth Echo International 17 years ago in honor, actually, of my father, Philippe Sr., and my grandfather, and and that legacy with his words of advice, my grandfather's words ringing in my ears, and we've become one of the the world's leading ocean education youth leadership organizations. And and, um, we have multiple different programs around the world in over 146 countries. (coughs) We've worked with 2 million youth. Um, but really, it's about helping this next generation with the tools, skills, and knowledge to be the kind of change agents that we need to build a hopeful f- future. Um, and so one of our main programs, our Youth Leadership Council, works with some of the most extraordinary young people around the world. And and I want to level set for just a second because a lot of people think of youth action and youth leadership, and they might think about beach cleanups, they might think about recycling campaigns, but it's so much more than that. So, for example, uh, one of our youth leaders, Artash Nash, is working very hard on, and during the, during COVID, developed a technology platform that's tracking acoustic noise in the ocean from shipping, et cetera, that can disrupt entire ecosystems, and he's turning this into a business and moving forward entrepreneurial. I mean, he's an extraordinary young man. Mm-hmm. Kai Tran here in California has worked with the Chumash uh, Heritage uh, Tribal Council, uh, to develop a national action campaign to help establish, which is in the final stage, is the first ever uh, tribally led nominated marine sanctuary, the Chumash Heritage National Marine Sanctuary here in California. And so we have young people working in policy, mm-hmm. young people working as entrepreneurs. And uh, Stephanie is uh, is one of our extraordinary young leaders on the Youth Leadership Council. And I want her to talk a little bit about what she does because she is an example of how hopeful and bright the future is. Stephanie, take it away. Thank you so much. I just joined the Youth Leadership Council this year, Mm -hmm. and I've already, last weekend, we hosted um, a summit to, you know, introduce environmentalism to um, youth and um, to talk about, like, issues that are really important to talk about in communities Mm -hmm. and to hear what their thoughts are on these problems and to bring those thoughts to government officials. And um, outside of that, I've been really involved in environmentalism for a while. Um, I am not really into science like that. And (laughs) I was wondering, okay, how can I get involved in this? Mm -hmm. And um, I started doing beach cleanups. I started doing some writing. I was into art and that that's how, and I was also um, part of the Aquarium of the Pacific mm-hmm. Ocean Neighbors Volunteer Program. I did a bunch of things that I felt was um, 
a way to advocate for environmental environmentalism, which was quite different from what I've seen mm -hmm. to be the best way to advocate for that. So there was art, writing. I was involved in the World of Seven Billion video contest in which I got second place. Mm. And so I've done a bunch of different things that are probably not the most traditional way, sure. if you can say, to... Um, advocate for environmentalism and I think that like oftentimes you would see a lot of people go into sciences and research and I like did something quite different to mm -hmm. that um something that I felt very passionate when we come about. forward I want to talk about those non-traditional ways and, and I'm really fascinated given that you are obviously a person of color as a Nigerian uh, I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not you are seeing your friends of color responding to this as well. When we think of the environmental movement and environmental efforts, we tend to think of uh, a, 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 a movement uh, that does not include, or put another way, that excludes voices and people of color. So I'm glad that you are a person of color. Uh, for a lot of reasons, I'm glad about that. Yeah. But I'm curious when we come forward about whether or not other persons of color, your friends, are as interested in this as you are. We'll talk about that when we come forward. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Tabby Smiley. Smiley continues when we come forward. 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 More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tabby Smiley. Smiley. Stephanie Akinfalan, you were uh, you were telling me uh, your your backstory and how you um, came to this, and I was asking um, whether or not you are seeing other students of color who find interest in this work. Yeah, um, I think I do. More like even recently now, um, I know earlier I mentioned like the crisis that took place in my hometown, Carson, mm -hmm. and um, where there was the odor, the very distinct. Um, like rotten egg smell coming off of the Dominguez Channel mm -hmm. um, from the dumping of from the factories, and it was very prominent in the city. Everyone was, a lot of people were getting sick, and it was just, it was making people lightheaded, and it was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as Carson is predominant predominantly a community of color like um, I know people that live in Carson with me and I think it was very it was very enraging mm -hmm. and I feel that like things like this happening more often in communities of color kind of um, ignite that fire to be mm -hmm. like hey something should be done about this and also I would add um, because this isn't just environmentalism like environmental issues take place all around the world so we see a lot of diverse people from different countries also talking about this mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what earth eco really stands for hearing um, from youth of all around the world and talk and to talk about this yeah. so that side of diversity also comes in in terms of different views and perspectives and methods on how to tackle these issues i went to carson for dinner one night uh, i have a friend of mine who owns a great restaurant there called uh, uncle daryl's uh, and I went to that restaurant one night, and I got out of that car, and I smelled that smell. It was all in the news because right. that your your neighborhood, that 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 it was it was just funky. It was a horrible. I said, "What is that?" And it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And to your point about environmental racism, that would not have lasted in I, Beverly Hills or any place right. else, any mm -hmm. other community. That smell would not have would not have been allowed to 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 just go continue unabated for that many yeah. weeks, making people sick, people going to hotels, people going to hospitals. It was horrible, but so many communities of color get get impacted uh, and infected, crank, frankly, by that kind of environmental racism. I got 60 seconds to go. I'll give the, the last word to you, uh, Philippe. Um, tell me what, what your hope and dream is for this foundation and the work that you are doing with young people like Stephanie. 
to continue to build a global movement that is representative of all communities, all faiths, uh, all all people. Because if we're not all in this together, we're not going to solve these problems. And oftentimes, these historically neglected communities are on the front lines of these issues. They need to. We need to build young people that have the agency and the power and the knowledge to make their voices heard and affect change. And where do people go to learn more about the program? I can go to Earth Echo, E A R T H E C H O dot O R G. EarthEcho.org. Um, Philippe, you're part of a grand legacy, uh, and uh, I know you're proud of that, as you should be. Um, so thank you for your work and witness ongoing uh, that your family started long ago. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for the foundation. And, and Stephanie, uh, thank you for coming in to see us and for the work that you were doing uh, and pulling your friends and do this work. And I look forward to talking to you both somewhere else down the road. Thank, thank you for you your time. Real pleasure. Good to have you both on our program.